Hey, this is Ty Nguyen. I'm here with Errol Norman and Brett Verbord, and you are listening to Needing the Blind Podcast. Have a good time. I took like two puff of weed, but that's just casual. I'm not like super yeah. high. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I always assume you get high like all day, every day. Um, <laughs> you're not really wrong about that. There was a point where I was doing that. Um, I could still do it because I don't know. I just have weed, like <laughs> <laughs> just when you have it. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just smoke it. Yeah, some people feel that. But way there about. was a point when um. I woke up and I just get high every day, like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago was that? Not too long ago. It's like pretty much when I wasn't working, uh-huh. which was December. I quit in December. So from there till maybe nearly now, okay. I was uh, getting high. So like th- two weeks ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I stopped getting high because my comedy special is coming up. Yeah, I was going to say, just I, to ramp up for the special. Yeah. And uh, do you feel like that, that you needed to not be getting high in order to be prepared? Um, I'm afraid that I'm going to forget stuff if I'm high, mm-hmm. yeah. which happened before. But now, like, even at a comedy show or open mic, I feel so confident in my ability now that I could smoke weed and go there and have a good time and still deliver a great performance. Yeah, but at your your taping, you weren't high? I, I wasn't high because I wouldn't been able to live with myself if I was high and yeah, I forgot shit. Yeah. yeah, then I would never smoke weed again. It just have a, such a bad impact on my life yeah. in my big moment that that would cause me to... Yeah. Not even want to smoke weed. Yeah, don't want to taint yeah. either thing that you love. Yeah, with yeah. The other. <laughs> with the other the failure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that makes it because I like, I think it's imp- important for me to be able to, yeah, do comedy high, like you were saying. You know, you get yeah. to that place because then it can open you up and maybe mm-hmm. you try a joke out, but now you're high. Yeah. And see where it goes. But then it's, yeah, anything that there's uh, high pressure at all yeah. or you just need to go out, like, yeah, you just got to be sober. Yeah. yeah. If you're high days. and you're nervous, 
it amplifies yeah. that nervousness and it, it'll make you just forget not because you don't remember it but because you're so nervous that, yeah yeah and there's also like times where i feel like i'll be drinking heavily you know for a period of weeks and then uh-huh. i'll have to cut back on that because i'm like is it just like the fact that i'm a drunk girl on stage or is mm-hmm. it that the jokes themselves are working yeah so i have to like <laughs> you have to yeah. be your own scientist and test yeah. everything out well, yeah i feel like i'm constantly experimenting with yeah tweaking the formula you know yeah i think we all are like every comedian exactly performing experiments on ourselves yeah so how long have you done comedy what we started already (laughs) (laughs) we've always been oh we've been started um how long i say two years and some months i started june 2015 june of 2015 now i heard you on the podcast oh how do i now remember uh Uh, valerie podcast comedy wham no 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 the podcast that that really funny comedian whose name is escaping me does where he calls comics up to do like a minute oh yeah yeah the kill tony podcast thank you tony hinge clips yeah yeah when was that that was around November or December. I think December. It was kind of cold. Of 2015? Yeah. December 20. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, so you'd only been doing comedy for about six months. Yeah. When you got on that podcast. Yeah. And where did he record that? Spider House. And so you just showed up and put your name in a hat? Pretty much. It's uh, Mike Espinosa, uh-huh. the comedian. You, you know yeah, him, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, he messaged me on uh, Facebook. He was like, oh, man, Kill Tony, my favorite podcast um, is happening. Um, they give you the, the thing where you put your name in a bucket, you get picked, and you get a minute, and you do good, they'll give you something that you open up for them. Yeah. So, me, I just, I was a new comic, so I needed stage time, like, no matter what. <laughs> I, I wasn't on any shows. Yeah. So, I was like, man, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this because I have nothing to lose, and I needed a stage time. So, yeah. I I kind of imagine it's got to be a big crowd, so. Yeah, and it was, right? Yeah, it's pretty big, yeah. I would say compared to the the big room at cap city but a little bit smaller yeah the room at spider house it's if it's filled i assume it was filled yeah it's filled yeah. filled um, to the brim probably could fit a hundred plus people yeah not including standing yeah, yeah. Something like that interesting and so and you did well they liked you uh and so did you get to open for him or something yes i have a five minute veto of me opening for him where at uh the same place it's oh, like okay. yeah they did a show oh, like okay. afterward how nervous were you to do that, being so early in your comedy career to open up for Tony? Um, when I opened up for him, I was kind of nervous, but not too much. The thing is, I had no idea what Kill Tony was. I didn't know it was a popular podcast. So it didn't come to my mind that, hey, this is something that I should be nervous about. It's like it's not something that at the time I consider prestigious. Gotcha. So if you watch a video, I just went up there. I was really calm. I was just like, all right. And then I started. Well, you always seem calm when you do comedy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's my goal. I mean, I meant it as an insult, but you can. (laughs) Uh, No. Okay. So you started in, in summer of 2015. And how old are you now? 
Um, 29. 29, so you're starting like 27. And what made you want to start? Um, I was working at a boring job, and uh, I needed an outlet, I guess. I remember, um, I talk about this in my stand-up special. I wish you were there at the last part where I just like, you know what, I'm just going to freestyle the outro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just working at a job at AT&T, and I remember every day after work, I would go to Barnes & Noble, and I would study this really heavy book. It's called the A-plus certification, just so I can make $20 per hour. And I remember, wow, I'm such a robot. I have to remember this 1,000 or 500-page book. I was like, man, this can't be life. What, what could I do that give me an adrenaline rush? Yeah. And my coworker always said I was funny. So I did it, but I didn't let them know about it till six months in. Yeah. So yeah. did you start going to some open mics or as many as you could? Because I remember like starting to see you a little bit, but I wouldn't. I don't think I saw you that often at the time. So the thing is, was um, I would go to it three or four times a week or even two. Okay. And I would go to... Uh, I tried different open mic every mm-hmm. time when I was there until I find one that I would go to regular. And when I first started, it's more important for me to remember the material. Like I don't use any notes if I don't use my cell phone at all. Now I do, cause I got more comfortable. But at the beginning, I would remember the whole bit inside my head. Yeah. So if I have a new bit, then I have to spend like a day or two remembering it. And if it's good, then I would go open mic and use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was how I write back then. What was your first joke that you told at an open mic that you were like, this this is working? <laughs> um, at Cherrywood, where I make, I did a whole bit, and it's pretty mean. I was making fun of homeless people. <laughs> I remember talking about... Uh, Homeless people, how did they get there? Was it PTSD from playing Call of Duty? <laughs> I mean, that's that's so dumb and it's mean. Yeah. And I remember saying, are they allergic to air conditioning? <laughs> 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 yeah, I'd never do that bit again. I just <laughs> shit it on homeless people. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you're flailing around when you're new and you're just trying to get a laugh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so and you started doing mics, and was it was it after the Kill Tony thing that people started booking you on shows a little bit? Not even that. I think after Cap City, my performance at Cap City. Oh, at FPIA. Yeah, that's when people notice. Gotcha, gotcha. Cause I, you know, well, I don't have a I think memory, but after Kill Tony, I didn't have that many comedian friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I only knew about it because I watched Tony Hinchcliffe's special when it came out on Netflix. And I was like, I love this guy. And then I was like, oh, he has a podcast. And, and then I saw Austin and I listened to that. And I was like, Ty Nguyen, haven't I met him before? I think I, <laughs> I, think I saw him once at Sherrywood. See, see yeah. not, not a now comic knew that I was on that show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So um, you've only been doing comedy f- for about two years when you decided to book a, a stand-up special. Yes. Can you just tell us how this came about? How this came about. So back in... Oh, but wait, real quick. Yeah. Um, what's the most 
you have ever like I, I know you did 30 minutes or so at the treehouse once we were yes. on the show together have you done other um times where you've gotten to do a 45 or an hour yeah i've done it three times where at treehouse mm-hmm. um hops and grain right hops and grain oh. and san antonio i did uh at the blind tiger then hour Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So that, those were in preparation specifically for this, where you ask them. Correct. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so go on. <laughs> okay, so about in April, mm-hmm. I thought about doing my uh, my stand-up special because I had an hour of material. Mm-hmm. Granted, they were not, at that time, I thought they were like A-plus material, but they're probably not. They probably wouldn't transition well. So I was thinking about either asking, I thought about asking Cap City to uh, shoot a stand-up special there in a small room. That would have been like golden for me. That would have been like a dream come came true for me. Mm-hmm. But I was really shy about it. I didn't know um, the owner. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody that worked at Cap City, to be honest. Yeah. Um, now I know Raquel and Mark, the bartender, but I didn't know the club owner. So I was really shy about that. It's something about, that's something that, you know, you tell yourself you're going to do every day, but you never do. Yeah. And you wake up in the morning and that's the first thing on your mind, like email that person, but you're just <laughs> too shy, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I was going to do it at Cold Town. I host Cold Town at that time. I remember, um... June, that was when FPIA, right? When was uh, uh, FPIA? FPIA ends in May, I think. In May, in so April, May. April, May. So around that time, FPIA was going on, and you know, it was it would be selfish of me to do it when all this comedian want to do Cold Town to practice for FPIA because right. Cold Town is a perfect place to practice. Right, you're set. Yeah, so during that time, um, you know, I was like, I'm gonna wait till that time become over, and then I'm gonna do it in June. And I forgot when uh, I, I got kicked out of uh, Cold Town, hosting Cold Town. I forgot, but yeah. And then um, I told Chris Castle about my hour. And he was really excited to the point where he wanted to do a documentary on on me preparing for my one hour. Right. Yeah. So I guess he talked to some other people. He talked to James, James Jackson, who used to, uh, he used to do play at uh, the Paramount. Mm-hmm. So he, it was his idea. Like, hey, why don't you do it at Stateside Paramount? So um, they presented it to me. After that, um, I was still thinking about it, you know. After that, they told me um, you should shoot a special and there's a chance for it to be pitched on a network. Mm -hmm. After that, my mind was like, man, I have to do this. I have to take my shot, even though it's like, what, a 0.1% shot. I just had to take it. But I mean, uh, 0.1% shot for what? For this person to watch it and not get enough to pitch it on Netflix. Oh, for Netflix. Oh, shit. I said it. 
Oh, are we not allowed to say? No, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. I'm aiming for Netflix. Let's I'm, just say that. I don't yeah. want to jinx it. Oh yeah, gotcha. gotcha. That would have been crazy. Yeah, no, I, I knocked on some wood for you. Yeah, that would have been like a dream. Because there, there are probably other places that you can pitch it besides Netflix. Yeah, but I want Netflix so bad because I watch Netflix. That's yeah. the only thing I yeah. watch. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Okay, so and so you castles is supporting you and wants you to do this and you've got stateside paramount idea going on yes um and so then what happens how do you move forward um i didn't think that uh it would happen at first i didn't believe it that stateside would even let me book it because it took them a long time to go back and forth with the email it's like i would respond to them and then it'll take them several days later it's like wow why would you do this? You must think I'm a nobody, which is true. <laughs> I am a nobody. So um, I once I put down the down payment for it, that's when I know that. Can you tell us anything about, I don't know how much you want to talk about finances, but. We can talk about it. Cool. So yeah. how much did you have to pay for down payment? A thousand. A thousand dollars yeah. down payment mm-hmm. for stateside. Chris Castle went half with me. That's nice. Interesting. Yeah. Well, he's a businessman, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, and then how much do you have to pay in general, all told? Um, that... For, uh, just for Paramount? I don't know. The thing about Paramount is, uh, when you book that place, you're booking that staff, the people that work there. So, I forgot how much they cost, but they're gonna send me, like, a sum of how much profit I made, Mm -hmm. and the profit that I have to pay them to, uh for their people okay but to really make a profit uh the lady i was talking to at paramount uh she said uh sell ticket for twenty dollars but you know i feel like damn twenty dollars for me (laughs) that wouldn't happen so i decided going 15 well i don't know if you know this because you did sell out i did which is with with taxes and fees yeah tickets were over twenty dollars yeah you did sell twenty dollar tickets yeah, and uh, another thing, that was another thing that prompted me to do at 15 because uh, the fee was so high. It's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. That fee is crazy. Well, just like with anything, they try to add on some money that's not in the initial, you know, yeah. the foot in the door salesman technique. <laughs> They're probably just, like, afraid someone's going to go out there with a pen and just be like, Mark was here at the special and just dig <laughs> it into a chair. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... You sold out the theater at yes. uh, at the fifteen. I, I, like you, you're part of it as the fifteen dollars. I guess that you get. Like so, can you tell us? Do you have any idea at this point, or is it the numbers are still in the future? Where like how much money you made in ticket sales minus how much you had to pay to? Um, I made two thousand five hundred dollar in ticket, ticket sales. sales. Yeah, so I don't know the amount that Paramount charged me. And uh, I put a down payment down. I'm supposed to get that back, I think. So they're going to give me a final sum of how much I am profit soon. Uh, okay. And then do you know how much it costs to get the uh, videographers? Yeah. Um, a lot. Um, the thing is, I didn't have any money for that, right? Sure. So, you know, at first I thought, man, I'm going to take out a loan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I went to uh, Bank of America and till now, I qualify for uh, a reward travel credit card, 
where I have a $5,000 limit on it that I can use. So I use that to fund for the camera equipment and for the people that shot it, the equipment. Right now, it total uh, nearly two grand. And I still haven't paid the people that shot it yet because they give me a 30 day, I could pay them within 30 day. Okay. Someone used the same credit card to pay them with. So, you know, I'll be in debt for a little bit, but I'll bounce back. You know, it's something that a lot of people do for a short amount of time, just try to pay that back as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, the interest rates on that are gonna be <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you're able to sell it, uh-huh. then the idea is that you would then make money at this point. Because you're not going to make money until you sell it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to make any money until it goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but there are a number of places to try to sell it to, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, I only have connection to one. Okay. And that's the place I would want to go. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, if I have connection to other network, then I'll entertain the idea. I would want to go with HBO. That would be the second one. Because yeah. I feel like Hulu is like, I don't know. I don't even like Hulu. That's why. Well, Showtime produces now. also. <laughs> oh, yeah? Showtime. I never thought about Showtime. No one ever thinks about Showtime. <laughs> That's yeah, a problem. Showtime, Showtime does comedy. I like Hulu. I mean, you know, don't don't knock Hulu. It's a good place for comedy. Yeah? A lot of people watch comedy on Hulu. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I would try, I would try all of them. Um, so, but let's talk about promotion. Okay. So, cause you had to do a lot of promotion for the yes. show. Can yes. You, can you tell us about all the different tacts, tactics you used? Yeah. Um, I shot a couple of videos and I edited them myself. Um, so far I made like four videos promoting them. One of them was a rap song. One of them was a comedy sketch where, um, I hit a person and went to heaven. Have y'all seen that one? No. <laughs> no? Y'all still watch it. It's really funny. <laughs> one where I go see a sidekick. And that's another one. I forgot. Oh, five reasons why you should go watch me. My okay. stand-up special. And then did you just post them to YouTube and Facebook? Yeah. Just try to kind of spread them around, tell people to spread them around? Correct. I would also see you at a ton of mics and showcases yes. like leading up to the event just like grinding yes. and be like hey i got a special oh yeah up. yeah i was you'd pop in everywhere yes um so what i would do is after i kill a set right i would um afterward i would give out my card i put out card from vista print i have 500 card so i would just pass them out to the people at the show yeah yeah telling people hey come to my special correct and then you put out posters? Yes, I went and put up poster. How much do you think you spent on posters, business cards, just paraphernalia for promotions? Um, I really didn't keep track, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. Just I'm bad at that. Right, but I you're was, also like, this is what I'm doing. It doesn't matter how much I'm co- this costs me. I'm trying to make this happen. Yeah, kind of, yeah, to some extent, like... I know my name, like, I won't go out and get a billboard. (laughs) (laughs) I know that if I spend $100 on a poster, put on my credit card, that's $100 that I could afford to pay back. So, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. All right. So, how do you, uh, how do you feel about how it all went? How it all went, to be honest? Yeah, preferably. Um, I feel like 
I wasn't in the zone when I was up there. I was way too nervous. Like I said, you really didn't seem nervous. Maybe toward the end, it seemed you seemed yeah. nervous, but especially for the first like forty minutes, you seemed so confident and comfortable. That was like it's part of why it seemed like it was working to me is that you were so comfortable up, up there with what whatever was happening, and the crowd was very supportive. They were. They were they on were. your side. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I felt like. I didn't perform at like my peak performance that mm-hmm. I'm capable of doing due to the nervousness and I was very self-conscious that I was on camera. I was self-conscious, I was really self-conscious about my body movement because I know that's very important on camera. I felt like I was doing the same body movement the whole time and pacing back and forth in the same area too much. Those are the thoughts that went up inside my head while I'm on stage. So I was too nerve-wracking to even enjoy the performance. I didn't get that comedy high that you get after killing a crowd. Y'all know that comedy high. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, well, now you have done that. And if you did it a second time, you'd probably be a lot more comfortable. That's true. I wish I would have done it like the day before. Just watching the tapes, rolling back and just be like, all right, making notes. Yeah. Got to train for the big game. Well, because most people, I think, well, I think a lot of people who are are taping specials, yeah, I would say most people who are taping specials do more than one performance. That's true. And are either splicing things together or taking the better of the performances, something like that. Yeah. um, Because there's a bigger budget. So that's one of the things about, you know, when you're doing things on a shoestring budget, this is the one chance I got. Yeah, it's one chance. I didn't have the luxury of doing it, you know, Yeah. like right before the show or even at a stage similar to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were all nervous. Chris Castle was really nervous. Andrew Murphy was nervous. They seemed more nervous, nervous than you did. Oh yeah. Yeah, I could tell they were nervous. You can tell. Yeah, you didn't seem nervous because they were they were stiff and like uh, kind of like. Well, uh, well, you know, I, you I, I'm the neater, so I had yeah, to, you yeah. know, <laughs> had to be as confident as yeah. possible because they vibe off of me. So, yeah, I felt that way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's so you didn't get to enjoy that big fun crowd at all. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't. And afterward, my mind was just going through. Damn, um, did I speed up too much? My pacing was bad. My physical movement was bad. Just all of this, like really uh, critical thoughts. Like yeah. it was too overwhelming for me to enjoy it. So have you watched the tape uh, since then? I didn't. I don't have it. Okay. Yeah. Do you know when you're going to get to? Um, an editor is editing it right now. Okay. So once he's done, um, I'll get to watch it and see what I like and what I don't like. And do you know what kind of editing is being done? No. Like, because I, I guess I never really thought, like, if you do one taping, mm. right, then... I wouldn't necessarily think that they would do much editing, but then they could. If it's a, if it's a good editor, then he can take out little dead spots. Yeah. Or um, well, yeah. of course they have to do the multiple, multiple angles. Yeah. 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 I think most of it gonna be um, the angle, no which angle to show for uh, which part, mm-hmm. and just to keep it interesting yeah. and cut out dead spot, like you say. So. I think it shouldn't take a long time, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. 
Are you gonna have a like a watch party? Ooh. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. You think people would go? Hell yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. Go. All right. That's a good idea. And let's have a watch party. Sometimes people even, you know, do something where it's like uh, suggested donation, five to ten dollars at the door, and then you can use some of that yeah. without that credit card that you got going on. That's not a bad idea. Very, That's a I, good I, idea. Yeah. Very against credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you in a lot of your jokes you talk about um, insecurity and how that's like been a big motivating force for you yes. so like post special now uh-huh. do you think like ha- now having had this experience uh-huh. regardless of how the tape comes out uh-huh. like you think this is going to keep motivating you further like to do this again um, of course, I feel like stand-up comedy is something that I'll, I'll always do. It's, now it's like a natural way for me to express myself. If I won't, don't have a special, I'll still go open mic. So open mic would be a thing that I'll always do. I don't see how could you not as a comedian to try out new material unless you're not that good that you're so confident all your stuff just hit where yeah. you don't need to go to an open mic. Like, I'm just, I'm so nervous even at regular shows in Austin to kind of like try out new bit. I would try out a new punchline or two, but yeah. I would not try out a new bit at a show. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, well, now that you have taped a stand-up special, uh-huh. do you have another comedy career goal that's in the queue? No, I don't. I'm really trying to find inspiration uh to write some new material mm-hmm. um i feel like it's just gonna come to me like i thought of some idea last night but I, I haven't been motivated enough to sat down and write gotcha do you yeah. want to record an album or will you release the audio oh yeah the, the album is not done so the thing is um i made a soundtrack for the the stand-up special, which was a way for me to help sell the ticket because yeah. if you buy a ticket, you get a copy of the album. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, the album is not done yet because I haven't had time to. I was busy running around promoting and practicing. Mm-hmm. So y'all heard some of the album that, uh, yeah. at the house. That was the house music. So some song they play with just the verse and the chorus and then the beat just play out through the whole thing. It's not done. Um, I have to record a couple more verse and mix it and then i'll send out to the people that want it that went to the show okay and then that's interesting so you're you're giving an album of your rap songs i was wondering if you're going to do an audio album of the special itself but Uh but then you could also maybe do one where you had both like some comedians will do that where there's like sketches or whatever in between yeah or you know what I mean? You could you could you could bookend it, start it, and end it with a rap, and then have your special or something. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I never thought about doing uh, an audio comedy album. Do people enjoy those audio comedy? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what I how I take in most of my comedy. I don't yeah. I, I I don't have as much time to watch it as I would like. So yeah, I do a lot of listening on Spotify mostly nowadays, um, which is you know. Yeah, I mean why not? Why that? not release it as yeah. a. Yeah, why yeah, not? I don't know how the Spotify... Do, do you, Brett, do you know how Spotify works in terms of getting your album to them? No, uh, but there's a lot of people who uh, 
use various streaming services for uploading their podcasts and stuff. So I feel like it wouldn't be that arduous of a process to just send an email and just be like, I already have the album finished, completed, edited, yeah. just posted. But the thing I is, think Spotify will take the thing is, most com- content. Yeah. yeah, it might get denied. I know a comedian who's a good comedian. His mm-hmm. album got denied. Do you know why? I don't know why. Because it's like it can't really be too dirty. I mean, this, I've, you know, yeah, I think Taylor I, I don't Swift know. just doesn't want any competition on there <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, so I was surprised. I was surprised when uh, that comedian told me that because that album's really good. Oh, okay. Wow. I wonder what the political situation is or what what have you. Yeah. yeah Spotify. Big wigs at Spotify. Or maybe it's overshadowed. Maybe they just heard like the first track and they didn't like the joke. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. There's some gatekeeper at Spotify who gets to decide. Because I've heard some garbage on Spotify before, so that's interesting that they have standards. I would not have guessed (laughs) there was a standards uh, group. What do you call it? Uh, Committee. Um, All right. So, well, those are some more ideas for you then. Yeah. Um, Wow. I just love that you're like, okay, I recorded my special, back to open mics. Yeah, that's true. That's like my whole state of mind. No, like, no goal. I have a couple questions. Go ahead. Um, so the Karina article came out mm. the the week of, right? The week of or like the week before? It was Friday before that Tuesday. Yeah, so like super quick right before. Um, yeah. Like, did I wonder, did, do you think that that got a lot of people to see your show that originally like would have passed it by when you were talking about it like just um, the fact that you had the write-up um the people that was gonna see it like you talking about like they haven't decided yet yeah like because i think people in the austin comedy scene know you love you and like i know a lot of your friends were coming out but like do you think that this got a lot of strangers to get yes. butts and seats for the show. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure you got noticed. There was a lot of elderly people there, old people, mm-hmm. like over 60 and stuff. And they were there because they read the Red Chronicle. Mm-hmm. So after my show, I went into the front lobby. A uh, lot of old people came up to me and uh, gave me a hug and uh, complimented oh. me and stuff. And this one That's lady so cool. said she, uh, she wanted to be my mom. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Applications. <laughs> Must be your sugar mom. <laughs> Pay these credit card bills, mom. Uh, wow, that's so fun. And and it seemed like Chris Castles had done a really good job of promoting it on a, on a grassroots level at his show, like really helping you promote the show. Um, just, I mean, I, that's my assumption, just based on the fact that when he came out, he seemed to be like, "Hey, people, like half of you who are here from." from me telling you about it at Juiceland or, you know, whatever? Um, I would say, I'm not sure if a lot of people, yeah, I think he brought in, I would say, at least 50 people in the crowd, yeah. I would say, because he would message people on Facebook yeah. personally to yeah. uh, tell them to buy ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he did work at Juiceland, so... Yeah, because well, he's always been good at, you know, whatever he's doing in life, pimping out shows yeah. uh, to customers <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah, okay. Because that's, really, so that's really all it was is, not that that's not a lot, but um, word of mouth at comedy shows, posters, yeah. Facebook posts, doing videos, and then that chronicle, yeah. and then whatever 
the, you know, the stateside just brings in to people who are like, oh, I wonder what is at the Paramount tonight. I felt like a lot of people were going to buy a ticket, but at the last minute, I guess that's just the way human do. So once uh, Monday, like midday Monday, around 5 p.m., 6 p.m., that's when I got word that my show is sold out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people messaged me and be like, hey, it's sold out. I couldn't buy a ticket. And a lot of people that messaged me were comedian. Yeah. Yeah, and other people too. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like everybody is waiting last minute to buy a ticket. Yeah. So once that article, um, I guess Monday when it was really hot, like people decided to buy a ticket. So all those people that read the Chronicle snatched up the ticket. So the people that originally planned to see it didn't get to buy a ticket. Well, they can come to that watch party, man. Yeah, come to the watch party. And But it's also probably best. I mean, I think the comedians who were there were being supportive, but I think it's harder for us to be a good audience because we're not as good as laughers. And yeah. So I think the people who came... Um, you had a good amount of really supportive people yeah. who were on your side. If it had been more comedians... It wouldn't have been as well, yeah. I would think. <laughs> to be honest, it wouldn't have been as well. It's probably been like, you know, no show is fun when it's nothing but comedian. Right. No show have ever been that. Because you see these people at open mic, you see them at show. So if they nap, it's feeling like a fake nap kind of because... Right. Yeah, it just it's just not a good show when it's just all comedian. Could we do it for yeah. strangers? Yeah. Although I will Str- say I laughed a number of times, um, even because there, there were jokes I hadn't heard before, and or a little new delivery or tag or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, there's some new stuff in there. Comedian I haven't heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I remember you at one show that I saw you on. You were working on a very long adaptation to the aristocrat yes yes uh, not aristocats aristocrats the aristocrat (laughs) joke um ever since i first heard of the aristocrat joke my mind keeps thinking man i'm gonna remix it i'm gonna remix it (laughs) so yeah i did i did do a remix of it and it's really dirty because that's what the aristocrat joke is supposed to be about and the punchline is supposed to be so opposite from that dirty material that's just a shock that people laugh. So yeah, I did a remix of that. And Brett, you saw that at the Velveeta room. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I did it at the Velveeta. Gotcha. Yeah, because one of the most fun things um, for me being there was listening to the crowd react to the jokes. Yeah. That's something that becomes fun then again for comedians. It's like, I've heard this joke before, but listening to the way that the laughter is traveling through and people are kind of getting it in waves or, you know what I mean? And now I'm laughing at their reaction. And all the little old ladies being like, oh no. Like, that's always fun. (laughs) Oh yeah, do you heard any of that? No, but clearly no one was upset because you had one woman come up to you and want to be your mom, so. Or maybe she just thought you needed guidance. (laughs) 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 How much of this, um, this the material that you used in the special was written like recently because you said you had a block of material in yeah. April or May but yeah. you weren't sure about yeah. it. Um, I would say the scrub material, the one about dating scrubs, uh, the one about my haircut and I think that's another one. I can't pinpoint it. But basically uh, when I decided to do my one hour I had like I took out 30 minutes of material that 
were funny, but it doesn't kind of like relate to me. It's just funny, separate stuff. Mm-hmm. Like my ISIS bit, what I did on ISIS, or the one I did on DMX, or the one I did on uh, a dragon. I have a bit <laughs> 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 on a dragon, which was really funny. But I just want this one hour to be about me, mm-hmm. to uh, relate to me. That's why all the material is like me, 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 me. It doesn't really talk about anything outside of me, like politics or nothing like that. Gotcha. And that was a choice you made just because you wanted the album, the special to have a thematic. Yeah, so it'll flow, like, oh. and it'll be easy to transition. Right. It's yeah. also great, too, because when you're shopping at places, it's like introducing Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also one material that um, it's not common to other comedians. If I do about me, then it'll be totally different because my experience and my viewpoint is completely different from anybody else. Yeah. Now, you um, moved to the States when you were five, right? Yes. From Vietnam. And where did you, where, did you move here? Um, we landed in California for okay. a bit and then for a couple months and then we drove to Austin. Oh, really? So, you, uh, <laughs> no one likes California. <laughs> Just kidding, a lot of people <laughs> like it, but you know. That's a lot of Vietnamese in uh, California because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, after Vietnam, Vietnam War, they were... The airplane went to California. That's just the first stop here in America, and then Correct. some people keep going east. Correct. Um, and so you, what made your family want to move to Austin? Um, I think we have an aunt and an uncle here, yep, and we live inside the house for, I would like to say, one or two years until we got on our feet. Gotcha. Okay, and then, so, hmm, how do I ask this? Your accent. Yes. Is that... No, you go ahead. A lot of people that saw my video, they think that's fake. It's something that I put on Mm -hmm. to do comedy. Because they think that, wow, he understands English so well. He's so articulate. He understands the use of the American language so well Mm -hmm. to do his comedy that that accent is made up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what people think. But well, because you've lived here since you were five. Yes. And so a lot of times people wouldn't have as strong of an accent. That's true. I know why. Why? Because when I came here, um, I would speak Vietnamese to my sibling and my parent, and I don't associate like with that much American. So I would speak Vietnamese. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So, yeah. at what point did you start speaking in English more to Americans? I think when I had to, when I was in middle school, okay. even then I didn't talk much. Uh, okay. Yeah. So by then your your yeah. voice and your like vocal cord. Yeah, it's all tangle set. up. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. What kind of? I mean, it continues to make you unique, and you know, it's like it's it seems like you're you sound like someone who's just moved here yeah. but then you are thoroughly american yeah and so i think that that's a fun thing for the audience to get to kind of figure out is like oh this guy didn't just move here like he's, yeah. he's an american kid yeah you know anyway i think that's a fun part of your your dynamic i don't know if you consciously like play with that or 
Um, at first, I was afraid that nobody would understood what I'm saying when I go on stage. Mm-hmm. At first, on open mic, I would go, um, just to be sure that everybody understand what I'm saying, and I, I would begin. And um, it's kind of true, because if I speed up fast, which happened when I'm nervous, yeah. I start speaking fast, then they wouldn't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So when I do comedy, the more I slow down, the better. Well, that's interesting because that has helped maybe force you to learn how to slow down. Yes, it Whereas did. a lot of us, like, you can just kind of go fast and it's less vulnerable and there's nothing that's forcing us to do it. So that's another thing that might help you is that you're like, well, yeah. I have to slow down. I was forced to slow down. Um, I remember when I used to go to the open mic Andrew Murphy was hosting. It was. Butt. Or no, no sorry, the other Austin, Austin Java right? that got shut down. I asked him uh, if he have any advice for me. He was like, "Nah, you good, dude. Uh, maybe you could try and slow down." Like, I love that anytime you ask a comic for advice, they're gonna say, "No, you're good," and then give you the piece of advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So can't really think of comedian open faced sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> can't think of a single thing except here's one. <laughs> yeah. You're perfect. You're great. It's very LA. He probably forgot that he gave me that advice. I bet. I don't well, think he remember. To Andrew Murphy. Shout out to Andrew Murphy for changing tight for forever, <laughs> and for opening up at his stand-up special. Yeah, I will always remember Andrew Murphy because of uh, the open mic that he hosted. That was my favorite open mic. Even though most of the time it was all comedian. You remember yeah. that yeah, mic, right? Yeah, I hated that mic. Yeah, a lot of people hate it. it but, that's, host. <laughs> but that's when I, where I flourish, I felt like. Yeah, it's funny how that is. Like different comics right? really do flourish yeah. with different mics. Yeah. And there's so many dynamics. But yeah, I, I tried that. I would probably wind up going there every... Once a month or something, just be like, oh, I'll see, I have time. Yeah. And I would just say, I always hate it. I remember it was cold Almost in always. there. It was, it was cold. always cold. cold. I hate being cold. Yeah. I would, it just felt like a negative vibe. It was almost always just comics. Oh, yeah. And then I just felt like everybody who was in there didn't want to be there. Yeah. And I tried to have a positive attitude. I would try to bring up, I would try to sit in the front. I would try to clap for people. and how, But I think that they wanted there to be a vibe of like, yeah, we're just. Uh, I actually had my favorite comedy performance there ever of that, all time. Oh, that mic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, because uh, there was a time in that mic. It was a weird time where there's like a group of old blind people that would come in. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, and they would heckle comedians awesome. if they did bad, which I thought you know was uh was cool. So uh, when I went up, I was like, oh shit, they might heckle me, right? But then I did so good that I absolutely killed and they cheered me on. That's when I found out that, hey, if it's like good comedy, then it'll come across to any demographic, even blind people. I think because they were blind, it kind of opened my eye up to the fact that, wow, you have good comedy. It just doesn't matter what demographic. Well, I'll take blind over deaf for comedy any day. But um, (laughs) no, but you know what? I've had... I think I've only had two experiences with deaf people in the audience, and the first one was rough, but the second one actually went really well. And they it was because they how had, do deaf people oh they have they, interpreters, they had interpreters yeah. but the first time it was at the Valve, and so the first like two rows were all deaf people, and they had their and they had come as like a meetup group or something, and so and then their their interpreter was off to the left of yeah. whoever's on stage. So your, your first two rows of people are all looking to your left. Uh-huh. Um, and 
and then laughing like a few seconds after your punchline, maybe, is it even translated? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. so much of comedy is timing. It's Correct. word nuance. It's yeah. intonation. Yeah. And you're like, this sucks. Although some fun was definitely had with it. But then the second time, um, I did a, a show with Sandra Valls at, um, at Spider House. Uh-huh. And she had like a professional comedy interpreter that's yeah. the thing and then I was like oh so if they are professional if they do this a lot yeah. then they can know what they're doing and figure out how to because yeah, with sign energy. language is very flexible energy and like the nuance and so he asked beforehand too hey what are some of your topics or maybe yeah. if there's phrases that you and so if you're a professional at it you really can make it and that was really really fun because you can imagine how someone had to sign like fucking yourself with a tampon yeah. or whatever I was talking about. Yeah. Like he had to, there's a guy over there who's doing sign language for that. What was, what was the sign for tampon? What <laughs> that was the thing. I wish someone had taped it. I yeah. asked someone to tape it like even just their iPhone because I was like I would love to see. Yeah. I need to do another he show. Probably, he probably pour something out Well because there's all these videos now where you'll see the sign language interpreters <laughs> for like uh, musicians and stuff like that yeah. and their face is just like getting it like, oh yeah. they have to it's a big yeah, part of it super expressive yeah so I, yeah i uh, it would probably be really healthy for me to do it um because i'm so like buttoned up i feel and that yeah being that expressive terrifies me then I, you never have to hire anybody you could just do yeah the you, you do the yeah i'll just talk and you be the visual thing for everyone <laughs> not even for deaf people just for everyone there's yeah. no deaf people in the audience i just have i have my physical mover mover yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, cool. Well, um, do you have any more questions, Brett? Or shall we move on to our thunder round? I I'm just calling it a thunder round for now. I'm, I'm okay. ready for the thunder. Okay, bring the, bring, bring the clouds. All right. <laughs> um, Ty, what is the best advice that anyone has ever given you in comedy? Best advice. Try and think. Da, da, da. Wow, that's not thunder at all. I'm not moving quick. I don't. I can't. Um, Have y'all ever practiced your sound effects? Police Academy. <laughs> I never thought about it, but this is a good opportunity for us Some to practice. Light foley work. Uh huh. I guess it would have been Andrew Murphy <laughs> snowing down, mm-hmm. yeah. or this advice kind of like I guess cliche for comedian because everybody says it, or and our comedian say this advice. It's like. If you have fun on stage, your audience can see that you're having fun, which is true. No, like, that's really good advice. Yeah, so I think that would be the best advice. Who told you that? Do you remember? Sam. Sam Harder. Sam Harder. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Even though I probably heard it from many people I before. just like to give credit, you know, <laughs> to anyone. Yeah. Uh, my question is, what would you look back and tell yourself uh, your first year or two doing comedy? So, like, a few months ago. If you could give yourself <laughs> advice a few months ago, what would it be? A few months ago, um, don't worry too much on the promotion. Spend more time practicing your one hour because the Chronicle is going to come out. That would <laughs> sell all your tickets for you. Yeah. So, yeah. It sounds like also if you could have found a way to make sure that you were going to be comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. If I would spend more time um, imagining the stage and then kind of like pacing the way I would if I was on that stage. Yeah, I think that actually really can help with something big like that is yeah. to just imagine, okay, what would it feel like 
what yeah. will it feel like when I have a camera, when I have that pressure, when there's a crowd full of people. Yeah. And if you, you can kind of put yourself psychologically in that place yeah. and try to I tried to. I tried to. I really did. But when I got on stage, I was like, nah, it felt like a day in the head night. Were you able to, like, walk the space and everything beforehand, at least? Uh, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah like, nope, not allowed on stage until, <laughs> until you the day of. Yeah. Um, and so, is there anything that you would tell uh, younger comics, uh, you know, like, let's say, like, first year uh, open micers that you'd like them to stop doing? Stop doing? Mm-hmm. Anything you see at, at open mics where you're like, oh, what, what is this? Well, I don't know if I could say that, you know, they should stop doing anything. Or start doing I would say that if you have a bit that doesn't work mm-hmm. and it doesn't work multiple times at multiple open mic, um, try delivering it different or just grab it all together. Yeah, that's something that's just like... Or it's uh, some material that work here and there, but it's not like work consistently. So I enable all my material based on how well they hit. I have C, B, A, A plus material. Yeah. enable all of them yeah and it's a good it's a good point like it's not that you have to scrap it if it doesn't work e- even two or three times yeah but then change it yeah, yeah change it and if you cannot get it to the place I, I think if you are changing it or trying it and you're doing it even even three or four times in a row yeah if if you get to the point where you're not able to change anything about it, yeah. and even three or four times in a row, it's time to scrap it. I, yeah. It's weird to see people do things the exact same, same way, way yeah. over and over and over again. I think people are doing that less in Austin now than they used to, though. Yeah. But maybe I'm an optimist. Um, yeah. The great thing about scrapping material is um, you come up with a punchline for a nade on the line. Mm-hmm. Like it just yeah. it just come up. That's true too. Like like plant it back in the ground. Yeah. And see if it ever. Cause when you scrap it, it's not gone. It's there in your head, the back of your subconscious, somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything that you could change about the Austin comedy scene, what would it be? Ooh. Anything. Magic wand. Um. Well, I enjoy it so far. I really don't have anything. I would want to change, to be honest. What do y'all think should change? I don't even know. Do you have anything? Because I feel Um, like I've answered this at least once. I don't know. I mean, I would, but this is probably because I'm also an improv person, is Uh I would like comics to stop giving improv people shit. (laughs) That would be nice. Because I think there's something to be learned from improv, because I think... Uh, it hones your stage presence, if nothing else. It gets yeah. you that sense of being physically in the space, using your whole stage. Yeah. Like, perfor- like it gets you... it Because uh, there's some people that they're so locked up yeah. when they're at open mics and stuff. It's just yeah. like, no, yeah, man. Yeah, I hear you. I use hear your you. whole... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> use that whole right. space. All I want to <laughs> do improv just so it'll help my physical movement on yeah. stage for stand-up comedy i feel the same way i feel yeah. the same way i think we need it well i saw lisa friedrich put out yeah. today that she's doing a class i think that's really cool yeah um i th- i'm was hadn't even really thought about asking new movement about that but i i don't understand what why there aren't more classes but do you know if we can just um 
just ask, hey, I want to put on a class when you're not using oh, this. Oh, oh. Or. Oh, oh, uh, go ahead. So uh, if you personally wanted to, like, create a class? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they'll definitely rent this space out to you. Um, or, you know, if there's, like, a deal you want to work out or something. Because I feel like they'd try and charge you something. Sure, but sure. I'm sure with, like, Lisa and Nathan and everybody, they'll be like, that's crazy. Yeah. Because they want programming. They want... There's no reason in the middle of the day they're not doing anything else. Of course they would want to make some money, right? Yeah. They want content. So they will definitely take you up on that. What were you going to say, Ty? Yeah, I thought of an idea for improv. Um, You know, for people that don't want to pay classes or whatever. For like all the comedians that want to do it, just get together, learn the rule of the game and just practice in front of each other. Well, a lot of us already know the rules. I've thought about that too. We just have to, we just need to organize it. But whoever has the space for it. I mean, there's outside places where you can do it, but I don't know. Is there any like rich comic in town who's got a big house? Probably a couple. Because I'll be down to do it. I don't know. Well, they have, you know, that they do comic for, comedy for a large upper middle class comic. Um, I don't, I don't know about someone who has a hey, space. If you're listening a, and you have a big house and you want to host uh, improv stuff, yeah, yeah, Fred, for comedian or someone who has a big uh, backyard too, you can do big backyard. Yeah, um, Brett's an expert. I'm a yellow belt myself. Um, I say that because I took one class several several years ago, but still, I know, you know, yeah, I get it. <laughs> zip zap zap you know what I mean I get it alright excellent um, let's do endorsements my favorite section so I'll start um, and I listened to a Richard Jenny album this week because I kind of randomly stumbled across him um, on a compilation and he told a really really funny joke that it was a kind of y'all ever hear someone tell a joke where you're like I've kind of half written that joke already yeah. but here you're doing it however many years ago yeah. and, and really well and so I'm like well cool you know what I don't have to write that joke anymore someone else has already written it really well so I'll just take that off my plate it was like that it was about um, how your period every month it's like a loan shark you know where it's like hey uh, so uh, you pregnant no nope. you know like this thing yeah he, like, he, it's so good and so i was like, you know funny. what i've heard he's really good i've only ever maybe heard him a tiny bit so i've just started um and put all this shit on my spotify the first al- album i listened to is called the beach crowd and it was like a little bit hit or miss i just don't want anyone to give up on it if you get slightly bored for a second because i almost deleted the rest of it at one point off my thing and then i kept listening and i was like oh this is so good i'm so glad i didn't delete it because he just has these like i don't know flights of fancy where he really commits to these bits that are so so imaginative like just putting himself in the perspective of some animal and yeah. how, how it is. It, and he just act, does these act outs. There's so, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's really good. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I feel that same way about Mac break. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's, he take you on like some crazy ass and or yeah, crazy ass journey, which on paper and it seemed ridiculous, but he made it work. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's true. They are similar in that way. All right, Brett. Uh, I would like to take a moment. Uh, I went to Boston a couple weeks back, and I'd like to endorse the Boston comedy scene Fuck yeah. for being so welcoming and so awesome. Uh, and especially because it was like a really tough week for them, but they were really nice to me the whole time. So, got anybody or show in particular you want to shout out? Um, no, I just want to like shout out the whole scene in general for just like being super solid while going through a hard time hey my alma mater shout out to the boston comedy scene love you well yeah. i mean 
you know, <laughs> most of you. I know I've been in Boston. A couple of you were jerks. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember anyone being a jerk to me, honestly. Very supportive. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because people, especially when I moved here, people would be like, oh, Boston, it's tough over there. I was like, that's the 80s, dude. Yeah. And, I mean, it's tough in the sense that you have some of that healthy... Um, you know, people aren't telling you good set when you didn't have a good set. That's what I liked, though. Yeah. I thought it was really refreshing. Yeah. But then, but then I was like, maybe that's just like speaking to my own level of privilege that I'm like, oh, yeah, be mean to me because I need it. No, they're, I just feel like they're adults about it. You know, yeah. I think we're simultaneously too supportive here sometimes and also kind of backstabby a little bit in this uh, in this city. It's all the Californians. It's probably they're, the Californians yeah, they're rubbing off. culture. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. rubbing off on us and making us really flaky and making us very <laughs> passive aggressive. Bad drivers, really mean drivers. Yeah. Um, water wasters. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> Don't. They we do the, not endorse. They use the word hello. Do not Let's endorse Californian. Yeah. yeah, this is an anti-California podcast. Uh, oh, cool, that's on the record. Also, one more thing, since we kind of like unofficially endorsed it. Also, Lisa is hosting that improv for stand-ups workshop. Totally. And I'll post a link to that. Yeah, Let's, people should look at it. Yeah, I'm considering signing up. 50 bucks, but I mean, it's, it is four hours. And so it's kind of like how, because I don't want to pay a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. And so it is kind of like, okay, well... All right, that could be that could be something. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait and see if I have anything booked that day. <laughs> well, it's 12 to 4, too. Yeah. But you know what I mean? If I need to be out of town, and then I'll buy it at the last minute, which is probably what a lot of people did with yours. They're like, well, uh, with your special yeah, uh, taping. It's like, did. well, if it's not sold out, I'll buy a ticket. Yeah. yeah. It's not, and so, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Ty, your recommendation? Recommendation. I don't have any recommendation. Just shout out. Okay, who's your favorite comic? Favorite comic? It could be because it can be oh. a, it can be an endorsement of anything comedy. Related. Um, it could be a YouTube series or anything. Shout out to Aaron Brooks. Um, his comedy album is really great. I was there on Sunday, and uh, it's really raw. It's like he talk about personal stuff to the point where I wouldn't talk about. He get really deep. He talk about his dad walking out, and the first time he had sex. And, you know, his self-image. So it's really, uh, really raw was the feeling that I felt when I watch it. Word, yeah. Yeah, it's very honest. Aaron's awesome. Really amazing. Uh, yeah, he's probably the most honest. Yeah, he's really honest. Comic uh, in town. Cause yeah, he's a good storyteller. Without being like... Like, I feel like I'm honest, but that's just because I have, there's something wrong with my brain that I just don't even feel it that I'm telling. But he can tell personal things that are real yeah. and vulnerable, yeah. you know. And uh, the thing is, what makes him real is so graphic. He put a lot of graphic into uh, his bit. Mm-hmm. Not detail, graphic details. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ty, have you ever had sex? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, there's so many comics who have jokes about like that they have or they haven't had sex before, and every now and then, like, I wonder if any of them are just telling the truth. Yeah, just never. You know, they're always they're always joking. How do you know? I never remember a comic that say they never had sex before. I never. You know, well, Robin Reynolds says that joke. You know. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, I, I, I never believe it once. Well, I don't know. I know Robin, and 
Are you sure I, you're allowed to say whether or not? Well, I, I, he's never told me, so this is just a, a guess, the same as anybody else. But uh, I feel like he's just one of those people that, like, it would have to be someone really special because I don't think it's something that drives him, you know, like mm-hmm. some guys pursue oh. getting laid. I think, like, if, the, if sex fell in his that. lap, yeah. It's called asexual. Yeah. People that. Don't or get, it sounds like agnostic sexual is what yeah. you're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, Ty. That was awesome. And now let's do our uh, promotions. So if you're listening tonight, I'll go first to give y'all time to get organized. If you're listening tonight, October 5th, or today rather, uh, so at 9.30 is my show off script at New Movement, uh, and it's there's free drinks, free pizza, there's prizes, we have a killer lineup, it's going to be... Let's see if I can get everybody. Karina Magyar, Bob Kostravi, Jimmy Tibbs, Taylor Dowdy, and Pat Dean. I'm so excited for this show. If you want to come early at 8 o'clock, we have the Coven Show, an all-female booked open mic. I'm going to be the featured person on that, too, so do it along your set. Just, you know, come get your fill of me. Um, and on Tuesday the 10th, I'll be at the Gatsby, as per almost always, at 10 o'clock. Free show. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, Brett here. Um, on October 11th, I'm going to be doing Aaron and Max show, Six Shooter. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be October 11th again. I don't know the time, but it's a very popular show, so you're probably going to want to <laughs> jump on that. I'm sure it's 8. 8 p.m. Hey, my name is Ty, and I'm on MASH.com. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Under your real name? Um, I don't I don't remember my mash dot com name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um Love it. I have a couple show in October, but I don't remember the date, so I feel kinda bad, so I'm not gonna promote it. I just wanna give a shout out to Karina Magar. Nice. See so yeah. you you're full of shout outs all of a sudden. See? <laughs> <laughs> Earlier you said you didn't have any comedy shout outs. Now you do. Now you do. All right, cool. Match.com. Find, find Tyne Win there. Um, get him laid. He says he's done it before, so I'm sure he's pretty good at it. Bye, guys. International.